The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Sexually abused, abandoned, and trapped in the sex industry, she found hope in the most unlikely of places. He laid hands on me and prayed that God would help me find a way out of the clubs. And he said to me that he had talked to this TV show host who told him that as long as he was stuck there in the clubs, that he was in the trenches, and that God was going to use him <laughs> to reach the women working there. And I was one of those women, and you were the host. <laughs> So glad you, you joined us. I'm, I'm, I'm curious about our guest. I'm James Robinson. Betty and I'm thrilled to welcome you to life today. But I'm looking at Harmony. Her name is Harmony. And when you hear how she was born and how she was treated, you think, wow, where did that name come from? <laughs> then she's got a middle name, Dust. Well, that's all of us <laughs> from the dust. But I'm curious about that. It's kind of an unusual, you know, name. Grillo, last name. Well, this young lady experienced incredible abuse as a girl. And uh, as is typical oftentimes, and she'll tell you, it led her to become a, an exotic dancer. And then a, uh, her boyfriend, who I'm sure used her, then became like what was a, a pimp. He uh, not only exploited her, but he used her. And she found herself trapped. Her book is a pretty incredible story. It's called Scars and Stilettos. I have an idea she's no stranger to uh, either. Uh, I think we need to hear her story. Would you welcome Harmony to life today? Are you, uh, are you able to feel like you're a part of Harmony right now? I feel very harmonious. <laughs> you feel like you're part of a family? I, I do. God has really restored family to me. It's been and beautiful. And you didn't, you didn't have. I want you to tell our, our viewers and our audience here about your journey as a girl, yeah. a child. So I was raised in a really violent neighborhood where there was a war between the two gangs in my neighborhood and then also in a really chaotic home. Um, my mother struggled with substance abuse and... Um, she's a big part of my story, but I do want to say that she wasn't a bad person. She was just a very broken person who parented out of her brokenness. Um, and so, yeah, the, my, the, her relationship with my stepdad was also very tumultuous. And um, because of the environment I was in, I also was sexually abused by multiple people, both men and women throughout my life, and then raped as a teen. I can say that now as seemingly casually as I just did, not because it wasn't a big deal, it was a huge deal, but I can say it like that because my heart is healed and my past doesn't have a grip on me anymore. Wow. Um, one of my abusers was my mom's boyfriend when I was 13, and I finally started standing up for myself and eventually ran away from home to get away from the situation. And so my mom said, hey, I'll make sure he's gone, you can come back, everything's fine. And I did. The only problem was she actually ended up leaving with him. So she left me for three months when I was 13 and my brother was eight with $20 and a book of food stamps. 
And so that didn't last very long. You know, I used it on tortillas and butter because that was the cheapest thing I could find. Wow. Um, and after that, I started stealing from the liquor store to feed us. And it was that summer that I became involved with an older boy in my neighborhood. And when he was around, I didn't have to steal and risk getting caught and risk having my eight-year-old brother. I, I don't know what would have happened to him if I got caught. And this older boy would buy us food and he would make me feel protected. He would tell me, anybody messes with you, I've got your back, I'll take care of you. So he gave me the two things that I always wanted in a male figure, which was protection and provision. And I became super attached to him in what I now know is a trauma bond um, and ended up in a seven year long abusive relationship with him. I stayed because I thought all relationships were like that genuinely, that was what was modeled to me. And I also stayed because I didn't think I was worth anymore. And ultimately that relationship led me to the commercial sex industry where I worked as a stripper and essentially he became my pimp. And um, I gave him all my money and he started using me to recruit other women from the club. And I never realized that I was being exploited. I was in such a deep place of denial. Um, for me, the big catalyst, the big game changer was a friend um, who just loved me unconditionally and accepted me as I was. She would invite me to church, but her friendship with me was never contingent on that. Um, and eventually I just had a chance to see through her life an example that there was something different about her and I wanted to know what that was. And I thought, honestly, I didn't want to go to church. I thought if there is a God, he wouldn't want anything to do with someone like me. But she eventually kind of got me curious. Someone else got me a little bit curious too. And that was, of all people, the manager of the strip club that I worked in. And I always found him to be standoffish and was very intimidated by him. But I went to him one night because I started going to church and I said, I need my shifts changed for Wednesdays. And he said, why? I said, because I want to go to church first. <laughs> and as it turns out, he was Christian. And the, we found out backstage that there's a crazy connection. He was actually the first person to pray for me. He had his briefcase and I told, I, I went in one night, I was so angry. I think I had actually just even attacked a customer. That's how angry I was. And he's like, you can't keep doing this. What's going on? I said, I want to leave. I want to get out. And he said, can I pray for you? He opened up his briefcase. He had a gun and a bottle of anointing oil and he pulled out the anointing oil. He laid hands on me and prayed that God would help me find a way out of the clubs. And he said to me that he had talked to this TV show host who told him that as long as he was stuck there in the clubs, that he was in the trenches and that God was gonna use him <laughs> to reach the women working there. And I was one of those women and you were the host. <laughs> I, I fed this guy. I led this guy. Watching our show and called in and I prayed with him because he managed all the strip clubs in Los Angeles and the one that was the closest to the airport. I'd passed it many times going to preach. I passed it. The, the occasion is I passed it going to Jack Hayford's church. He had a minister's conference. There were 4,000 in front of me. 2,000 of them or more were ministers. And I told the story about this strip club manager and I was going to stop and preach at that big strip club when I left Jack's church that night. Where I worked. Then, yeah, where she <laughs> was that I was going to preach in all of them and give an invitation because he was going to be buying clothes and how to help him get a job and he's the manager of all of them. And so this is happening and he, I said, he told me he might come attend tonight. Are you here? And sure enough, he stood up and everybody started clapping and boy, they were going to pray. And then the man waited for me and Jack afterwards and he starts crying. And he said, well, the man that owns all the clubs, he won't let me get you to come. And I'm so sorry. 
but he stayed because I told him, I said, if you'll keep witnessing and getting those girls out, and here's one of them, but he got out right here. Pretty excited we found that out. I couldn't believe it when you started telling me that part of your story. And it was so awesome, beautiful that the man was effective doing, when he saw something move, and he said, now how can I do it? And by the way, he's no longer doing that. He's yeah, now. he's out of the clubs also, and we're still in contact. You to tell him I still love him, okay? I'm, I'm I sure am going to. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. Tell us some other yeah, things that you want. I, want. I want to know what happened after you changed and then what God's yeah. doing because your story is absolutely phenomenal. Thank you. Yeah, so after I went on my own healing journey um, and did a lot of work and God did a lot of work in me, um, I found myself one night sitting across from that strip club by the airport where I used to work. And I really felt like I was sitting outside of a prison that had once held me captive. And I was praying for the women, and I always prayed every time I passed that club, but I knew it was time to do something. And I didn't know what, and honestly, I half thought I was crazy. This is in 2003. I had, there had, at that time, to my knowledge, there wasn't any kind of strip club outreaches happening or anything like that. So I thought, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna walk up to the strip club, like, hi, you know? <laughs> and so I started writing notes on the backs of, of postcards, and the postcard said, her value is far above rubies and pearls. And mm. I thought that's exactly the message that I want to communicate that's to the women. So good. Yeah, and so I just let them know that they're not alone and you know, um, and eventually that moment really was the catalyst for Treasures, which, which is the ministry that I run today that reaches and serves women in the commercial sex industry. Is that the industry. website if people want to know about it? Is it's it, IamATreasure.com, as I if am you're a saying treasure. it about yourself. We wanted to, every time they type our website, they had to say it, I am a treasure. Wow, <laughs> Yeah. precious treasure. And yeah. see, she's reaching out to these ladies that are in the clubs. And uh, this is a wonderful thing. Uh, do you find, and this you, you, you just explained your story, yeah. how you got there. You were, you were basically trapped. I mean, who wouldn't be moved by a 13-year-old trying to help take care of a little eight-year-old uh, brother? And then the the way it progressed, you know, you found an easier way to get money to take care of him. You're by yourself. And I have witnessed to people in these areas like this and found out that many of them will begin to cry when they find out you seem to have an interest in them. And they say, I don't know what else I would do. And I'm, I got to take care of a child or I got to do this. Right. And someone's, I got to pay my college debt. All the things they say are unbelievable. Do you think that these are just wicked people by and large that are in these clubs? Yeah, no, absolutely not. In fact, about a third of the women that we serve are victims of tra trafficking. So they were not in the sex industry by choice. The rest of them might say that they were there by choice, but when you look at their stories, you see vulnerability. You see up to 90% having had a history of sexual abuse and um, childhood you know, rape and abuse. You see poverty, lack of education. 70% of trafficking victims are from the foster care system. So you see all these vulnerabilities and then you place them in, a, in an environmental context and a culture that tells them, well, you can make easy money selling your body and in a, in a country where we're spending more on the commercial sex industry than the NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball combined, mm. and where women are sexualized in our culture, you know, regularly, and you place that vulnerable person in that context, and it becomes easier to see how she might end up in the commercial sex industry. And the truth is, is that 89% want to leave, but they don't see any other options. And so what is choice without options? So that's really part of what we do, is we provide them the support and the resources that they need to rebuild their lives. And we love them right where they're at. Even if they're not ready to leave yet, we just love them right there, right where they're at and, and support well, and them. And so many of them are like you were, you were 
13, my goodness, yeah. you know, and then you meet an older boy that says yeah. he wants to take care of you and totally. he shows an interest in mm -hmm. you and then they fall into that trap. Totally, absolutely. Because they, they, want, they want someone to care about them. Right, absolutely. How do they respond when they see the expressions of love? You've trained a lot. You've trained some that are doing this now overseas Yeah. and you train them to go, but how do you find the girls respond when the one with, with love goes in as they're trained? How, how do they respond? Very well. I mean, we go in with love. We go with no strings attached and letting them know that we're here for them if and when they're ready. And I mean, many of them throw their arms around us, give us hugs, they're crying. Every once in a while you have one that's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? But it makes sense because they're not used to receiving anything without strings attached. And, um, but yeah, the, the response is really great. They're very receptive. And I think it's because they know we genuinely care and we're not trying to bash them over the head with a Bible or tell them, you know, they're bad people. We're just here to love them. Well, and you, from your testimony, you can tell them, you know what they're exactly feel, feel like, what they're yeah. going through. Yeah, you, you have a joy, yeah. Ms. Harmony. It's, it's, a, it's a song listening to you now. Okay, if our viewers say, Harmony, how can, perhaps there's someone watching or they know someone that would like to help. Yeah. Actually say, I would want to know, how would they find out about training opportunities. Would they find that on our website? Yeah, on our website at IamATreasure.com, we have information. We train people who have a heart to reach women women in their city because we can't be everywhere, but I fully believe that, you know, that God is calling people from all over the earth to reach the women right in their cities. And so we've been doing this since 2003 and we share everything that we've learned over the years so that we can really set people up for a win and equip them to do effective outreach in their cities. Do you have people who help you, who support what you're doing? Yeah, we're funded primarily by individual donors. And you're 501c3? We are so 501c3. Well, there, there is the website. You go there and you're impressed to support, do it. Also, if you want information, do you think that if people from various states would write in and say or, or get on your web and ask the questions that you could somehow give them some insight about where to go to get the training or how to get it oh, through your Oh, absolutely. All the information about training, getting involved is on our website. Also, if there are women out there that are watching and they have been in the commercial sex industry and are feeling trapped and stuck, we also have resources for them and they can go online as well and request support. You know, when you first started coming out, and I think it's so important how we as Christians, and especially in the church, how we make people feel when uh, they come in and they've come from, let's say, the, the side of life many don't understand. How did you feel the first time you went to church? What was the feeling like? I'm so thankful that I walked into that church and I knew I was home. And my life didn't change overnight. My life was still my life. I was still in that relationship. I still was in that job. Um, did you feel like people there might have had an idea where you came from? Some did, and including some of the pastors, and I later found out. And but I was, they, they, didn't, they loved me, and they, they didn't you. treat me any different. And what I appreciate about my friend is she didn't try to be the Holy Spirit. She didn't say, now that you're in church, Harmony, you need to stop cussing, get off the poles, break up with the boyfriend, put on some clothes, wear longer skirts. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, she, she allowed God to walk she, you through it. Right, yeah. and what happened is, as God did a work in my heart, then that changed the way I thought about myself, the way I thought about him. It led to change in my life ultimately, eventually, but it started with him doing work in my heart. That's great. You appreciate the story <laughs> you're hearing. You appreciate this testimony. I, uh, I, I think it's amazing. You, uh, you have a, a beautiful, glorious glow. And uh, the book, I believe, is, uh, well, you know, it's a treasure because it's her story. 
And in so many ways, it's his story. You got pictures of him when you were little. It's hard to imagine right here, probably, this is when there was a lot of abuse going on. That's when I was working in the industry, yeah. In the industry. And, but you started, is this one about when you first started being abused? Maybe a Much little younger. Much younger. I was, even younger I was, than that. Yeah, three. Well, I, I want you to know, Father, I just thank you for Harmony and what you're doing. I want you to work through her and so many people that will perhaps support what she's doing and maybe even get it involved in a personal way. And just bless everything she does in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. You really bless me <laughs> by telling me how that guy blessed you. Would you just say thanks to Harmony for being our lady? Thanks, Harmony, for sharing your story. Because your story is his story in you. It's, it's the life of Christ. You know, Harmony, we, we have a joy. We're not reaching out, you know, and say helping somebody that's, you know, gone into some terrible lifestyle. But we're, we're, we're reaching out to people that have no chance. They're the ones that are vulnerable, but we give them hope. Our viewers, listen, you're the most amazing people. I know you're going to be praying for Harmony. There's no question about it. You, you are the, you're the neatest people in the world. Thanks for watching Life Today. One thing, Betty and I, I know you watch, you, you love Betty. You wonder if Betty's going to say something. And Betty always <laughs> comes out with me and says, now don't ask me to say anything. Don't expect me to say anything. But every time you say something, you bless people. And you just got the glorious glow all the time. But here's the deal. You know if you watch Life Today, you're not only going to hear about the life of God today. You're going to be able to give somebody life today. And you know what? You don't turn away. You see needs that are very legitimate, and you see an effective way to meet it, and you say, count me in. Thank you. I'm not just thanking you for a ministry. I'm thanking you for people's lives that have been totally changed. I'm thanking you for children's lives that have been saved, their parents saved, their whole life changed. I want you to listen to one of our best friends, Tammy Trent, gifted musician, writer, communicator. Now listen to me. This girl is one of the greatest missionaries we know now, not only here in America and in the civilized advanced countries, but third world. She's ready to go to the ends of the earth. She lost her husband, basically a, a, a skilled professional type swimmer, and he drowned. Long time ago, she lost the love of her life. But the first love has carried her life. I want you to listen to Tammy. She's representing not only you, but Jesus. Now I want you to listen to what she says, and then you say, count me in. Listen to Tammy. James and Betty, I've been partnering with you guys for years, and what a privilege it is for me to travel the world with you and, and to tell the story of so many people. Um, I've gotten to spend some time with Violet today, and it's another heartbreaking story, and I want you to hear it. The way it started with my child, he became sick because we used this dirty water. So I took him to a hospital. But because it was very far away from here, my child lost a lot of blood. All they could say at the hospital was that he had a lack of blood. In the end, he died. His name was Ellis. Oh, 
was he? Yeah, that's my guy. I feel like it hurt. Yeah, he was three years old. I know it's hard for you to continue to share your story um, and talk about your loss. But I'm going to take this story and I'm going to be able to share it with people that I believe can, can help you and that can bring clean water to you and your family, the rest of your children, and this entire village. Well, Tammy said, I'm going to share your story with people I believe would want to help you. You know, our dear mission friend, Peter Petoris, is in heaven with our daughter Robin right now. And there's no question that as a part of a great cloud of witnesses, I think they often look down. And I think Peter says, probably be to Robin, said, I sure hope all those people will keep helping. Because Peter said basically what Tammy said, I'm going to tell people, I think I want to help you. And to Peter, that meant if I tell James and Betty, they're going to tell the viewers of life today. And Peter would always say, I know they're going to help because you are amazing people. And the reason you're an amazing person is because there's an amazing grace that's in you. That is the Lord Jesus. And you're expressing his life and his love. You are looking at the least of these and not turning away. And Betty, I believe our viewers, I believe our viewers are going to be the answer that, that Tammy asked for and prayed for and hoped for. I do too. You know, there's nothing like the heartbreak of a mother losing her child. I don't care what age they are. I know I lost my child. But you know, the great thing about it is that we have an opportunity here to save the lives of these children. The big problem they have is the diseased water. They have no fresh water to give their babies. We can be that channel of blessing, mm -hmm. taking that water to these precious children so that their mothers don't have to tell their babies goodbye <laughs> because they had no water, no clean water. Please join with us. Let's be that channel of blessing that connects to these precious children and to these mothers that love their babies so much. Well, I've said it many times, but it's still worth repeating. Had you known a cure, a perfect cure for our daughter, there's no question in my mind you would have sent it to us or you would have delivered it in person. I really believe that. Well, there is a perfect cure for these children that we're talking about, for these families. It works. That's clean water. Just a cup of water, Jesus said, you give it, you won't lose your reward. And let him determine the reward. Because to me, it's reward enough to know that I became a miracle in their life. I gave them a miracle. Give a cup of water, what about giving a well of water? Look what that does for so many. Would you give a well if you can? They're $4,800 right now. I'm being told that, that that cost is going up. But right now, we have targeted the 200 wells to drill them, and they're 4,800. And if you can drill one, please do. If you can give 1,200 or 2,400, and three people match your 12, and somebody match your 2,400, we've got another well. But most of the money comes in gifts of 48 or $144. I use those figures because 48 will give 10 people water the rest of their life. What an incredible use of $48. 144 
30 people water the rest of their life. That's how it pretty well breaks down. Would you place a well in those villages where they've never had clean water? Would you release that healing stream of love? Right now, if you will simply get your bank card or you want to write a check, make it to life, but you go get your bank card and dial that phone number or go online and say, here's the gift God's put on my heart and use that card like a check. Would you do it? If you write a check and plan to mail it, call us and tell us you're sending it because we need to know. We're going to let the missionaries know, take off in all those areas. Get the equipment in. You bought the equipment, by the way, Viewers of Life Today, the drilling equipment. So would you right now, please, go get the card. Don't just think about it. I know you care. Take action. Go do it. Thank you so much. We have some gifts to send you to say thank you in behalf of so many people you're going to touch with love. Thank you so much for doing it. Today, a mother living in extreme poverty will do the unthinkable. Give her children dirty, disease-filled water that she knows could kill them. With no other choice, what's a mother to do? With your help, clean water is on the way. Mission Water for Life provides a way for parents to save the lives of their children, to offer them a bright future free from the fear of death. With your gift today, you can help drill and establish the first 200 water wells of the year. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five children. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10. $72 will provide for 15. And $144 will help provide life-giving water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, we'll send you the Praying Grace 55-Day Devotional. This new devotional will help you renew your mind to the realities of God's grace and help you pray powerful grace-based prayers for each day. With your gift of $100 or more, request the Praying Grace Tumbler. This reusable 16-ounce container is constructed with insulated stainless steel, perfect for hot or cold beverages. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well. And you may request the beautiful new commemorative bronze sculpture safe in the shepherd's arms. Please call, write, or make your gift online. Well, Betty and I just, you know, joined many mothers and families to say thanks for the miracle you have provided. Praying Grace is an incredible 55-day devotional journal. I'm telling you, it's going to bless you. The uh, tumbler, Betty says she loves it. Okay. You can put hot or cold um, drink in it. I'm praying grace, scripture verse. And we're just sending gifts to you to say thank you. The uh, shepherd holding the little lamb, that's, that's our shepherd. He's holding us. We're like lambs to him. If you'd like to have Harmony's book, you say, you know, I'd really like to read the story. I'd like to maybe share it with somebody that will really be a blessing to. And you just give a cup of water, say, send it to me. We'll be glad to do it. Would you join Betty and me in telling Harmony thanks for sharing? Thanks for the miracle God works in your life. You be sure and tell our friend hello, okay? I will. Good. Thank you so much. Thanks for watching. Thanks for sharing.
we were supposed to be a part of a family now. Absolutely. And it drives me nuts that the gangs are a better picture of that than the church. Tomorrow. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.